1: There's no such thing as a nice company, regardless of how heavily the corporate world invests in chief brand officers and their ilk, but WWE are fundamentally not a particularly nice company. The nicest thing anybody ever really says about WWE now is that it's been around ages and not gone away, which is the way people describe their problematic elderly relatives, who ironically make up the company's best demographic. The fact that it's been part of the pop culture landscape for so long is remarkable, and somewhat admirable, and allows for a network full of carefully curated, legitimate amazing matches and moments to get endless play forever and ever whilst the really awful stuff gets buried away and or completely removed from the peacock version of the surface or spoken about in lists such as this. I'm CypherWhatculture.com and these are 10 of the most shameful WWE promotional tactics. Number 10, Hawk Falls Off The Wagon, The Titantron and The Map. What was it about 1998 and promoters having fun with the addictions of others? Millions of people were tuning into both Monday Night Raw and Monday Nitro as 90s business collectively booms and they were rewarded with both Michael Hawke, Hegstrand and Scott Hall's very real personal problems being cheaply exploited for rubbish mid-card angles. Top star Stone Cold Steve Austin track a billion beers a week, but this was a cake and eater era for the rampaging organisation. Hawks boozing wasn't to be celebrated, but judged and castigated. Stumbling over during entrances, being too intoxicated to realise Animal needed to make tags and slurring his words on commentary, the disparate portrayal of the former tag team icon was too mean-spirited to be entertaining and never once promoted the tag team nor sell a big pay-per-view or TV match. Ross shoving a suicidal Hawk off the Titantron to imply he was his pusher was the inciting incident, with a former puke enabling Hawk's problems to steal his spot on the team. Mid-card fluff mining the worst of humanity, all for payoffs that never came. Number 9. The Jeff Hardy Hotel Story. Jeff Hardy's 2008 was one of WWE never quite knowing when to just go for Bob Holly on him and Hardy himself occasionally giving them reason to second guess the big moment. He could have won the belt and beat everybody as early as January but just weeks after a Royal Rumble loss to Randy Orton he was missing Wrestlemania thanks to a wellness policy suspension. The summer months found him mixing in with Triple H but that brought all the political hurdles that come with that including winning the matches that didn't matter only to fall short in the ones that did. Plenty knew that driller but all the were cleaned up in time for a triple threat match featuring The Game and Vladimir Kozlov at Survivor Series. Kozlov was ostensibly even there to save Hunter from taking the fall. Or not, Hardy's aforementioned issues were mined for a bait and switch that brought Edge back from injury at the expense of bringing real life addictions back into the bollocks kayfabe universe. Cynics argue that the most shameless aspect of this was running a Triple H and Vladimir Kozlov's singles match in plain sight, but the Hardy thing runs it pretty close. Number eight, Jeff Hardy didn't run down Elias. A big angle that created conversation for all the wrong reasons, Jeff Hardy being accused of running over Elias while drunk behind the wheel was a sad reminder just how low WWE were prepared to go in order to get something anything over during times of strife the times in this case the near complete global shutdown that was the pandemic the may 29th 2020 edition of the show opened with something mirroring a crime scene on a local news bulletin renee young and kayla braxton were on hand talking over shots of elias being strapped to a gurney a totaled car up against a hedge and eventually jeff hardy being hauled into a squad car the charismatic enigma denied everything and was very clearly framed, but WWE, via heel rival and actual perp Sheamus, were asking us to think he'd fallen off the wagon again. If all of that wasn't bad enough, Hardy later found himself victim of assaults by an enraged and willfully ignorant Elias. Number 7. Stand up for WWE Linda McMahon ran two separate high-profile and very expensive campaigns to become a US senator, losing two general elections in 2010 and 2012. These facts didn't matter to the 2016 Trump administration when she was employed in a top role, but they did to WWE as it was absorbed grief for some of the truly rotten sh- it had peddled over the decades. Taking McMahon to task for some of her more outlandish moments as a character, a media with bit between its teeth revisited her involvement in the accusations and events that led to Vince McMahon's 1993 steroid distribution indictment and 1994 federal trial. The closeted skeletons are only so obscured because nobody typically respects wrestling enough to apply forensic scrutiny. Unsurprisingly not seeing it that way, Vince McMahon appeared on television to beg fans themselves to resist the negative attention. Swearing up and down that all they do is put smiles on faces, McMahon asked Acolytes to use social media and other outlets to fight the company's fight. Attempting to turn supposed smears on them into attacks on the fans, it was cynical manipulation of the most loyal corners of the audience, dropped like a stone from the moment she lost, naturally. Number 6. Sergeant Slaughter in the Iraq War when Sergeant Slaughter kicked off a feud with pro-USA babyface Nikolai Volkov in 1990, the story was phony and lazy, but not entirely outside of wrestling's typical values at the time. Harmless, in as much as xenophobia even can be, was an otherwise quite creative spin on his old G.I. Joe aesthetic, until some real-life tension encouraged Vince McMahon to ramp up the idea beyond anything that could be considered reasonable. After Iraq's hostile invasion of Kuwait triggered USA-led coalitions sending soldiers into the country, Slaughter sided with Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein in some venomous tirades on his own nation he'd come to loathe. Countries were at war, while caricatures attempted to profit from the conflict. Naturally, he briefly became a white hot heel, but it was the cheapest and most disgraceful kind of heat. As human beings died, the company mocked up friendly photos of now WWE Champion Slaughter and Hassan-alike General Adnan with Saddam. Sarge himself burned a Hulk Hogan shirt, symbolically representing America in place of the old glory itself. The financial failure of the WrestleMania 7 main event was karmic, though it didn't stop the company from extending the program through the summer months until Slaughter's overdue turn at the end of the year.
2: Hold up. But what won't change? Needing health
0: insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Whatculture today to get ten percent off your first month. That's betterhelp H E L P dot com Slash culture
1: Number five, exploiting the death of Paul Bearer. In 2013, CM Punk had held the WWE Championship long enough ahead of his Royal Rumble loss to The Rock that he felt perfectly placed to slot into a spot that few others would have wanted at the time. Fighting The Undertaker at WrestleMania was a dream spot, but battling the dead man after four consecutive years of a celebrated story with Triple H and Shawn Michaels added significant pressure to the brand new opponent. Annoyed that he wasn't going to be taking on John Cena or The Rock or both in the show of shows headliner, Punk was determined to make new believers out of fans becoming increasingly convinced that the streak would never end. All of this was powerful stuff, but it fell by the wayside when Paul Bearer passed away during the build. Punk tipped Bearer's ashes over himself and The Undertaker to add Memphis-style heat to a contest big enough to steal the biggest wrestling show of the year. The tawdry act was forgotten in the aftermath of such a ripper, but again played into the company's strange obsession with mocking the memories of the deceased. Number 4 – Exploiting the Death of Eddie Guerrero the Eddie Guerrero tribute editions of Raw and SmackDown were quite beautiful send-offs to a beloved legend. Through a modern lens, there's a sense that wrestling went a little too hard on sanctimonious Tribute, rather than a bit of introspection once in a while, though Guerrero's passing was something of a catalyst for changing that. But the broadcast showed earnest love to Latino Heat, his fans, and the wrestlers that adored him. Then, some three months after that, WWE had crashed his low rider into the stage and suggested the late former champion was residing in hell. He was mentioned so often on On SmackDown that it was a bit like his character was a ghost at a big blue feast. Vicky and Chavo Guerrero's integration as full-time heels together following Rey Mysterio's world title loss, which itself was fueled by a desire to toast Guerrero at WrestleMania, kept the flames burning long after the cheap heat had extinguished. Number three, exploiting the death of Reed Flair. Horribly effective at causing needless hurt, mostly just because it would have been so simple to avoid, the invoking of the recently deceased Reed Flair spoke to the cruelty of the company promoting the matches rather than the characters standing inside its ring. Ahead of a Survivor Series 2015 clash with friend turned rival Paige, Charlotte Flair discussed life as a world-famous wrestler's daughter and the sister of her late brother following his suicide two years earlier. The Queen said she would fight as her family always had, and Paige spat back, your little baby brother didn't have much fight in him, did he? It was multifariously cruel, neither gasping nor booing the live audience didn't really know how to react, nor apparently did Ric Flair. Ordinarily a company cheerleader, the Nature Boy apparently wasn't given any prior warning that something so callous was set to be thrown out as if it were just another committee scripted zinger. Number 2. Melanie Pillman's interview. This only gets worse as the years go by. Shortly before the Bad Blood pay-per-view went on the air in October 97, a somber Vince McMahon addressed his audience to inform them that the loose cannon Brian Pillman had died earlier that day. The pay-per-view aired, but mostly approached the tragedy with a quiet dignity that carried over to a sobering 10-bell salute at the start of the following evening's Monday Night Raw. If only it had ended there. Already one of WWE's darker occasions, the scene went pitch black when McMahon cruelly exploited a grieving widow less than 24 hours removed from the death of her husband. Announcing that Pillman's wife Melanie would be interviewed later in the broadcast, McMahon got his ratings before casually burdening the grieving single mother with the plight of her nightmare situation. McMahon pathetically fished for absolution with Melanie, who predictably could barely manage a cognitive response. Probing how she'd cope raising five children, the chairman gave his viewers an unrelentingly bleak and still inexplicable image of the reality of the dying a situation Number one, Over the Edge 1999 continues. The argument was, for years, that the decision Vince McMahon had made on May 23rd, 1999 was a thankless and impossible one. Pilloried for continuing the show in some circles, he was defended in others by those that said there was no right way to handle such an awful and unconscionable situation. Disagreement, debate and discourse ran for years and years, with neither side of the divide shifting their stance. WWE Hall of Fame stands, and these are real people apparently, argued with Owen's widow's wishes that he no longer be used in conjunction with the company's legacy content, all until an excellent John Pollock audio documentary and a Dark Side of the Ring profile on the situation noted something far more important. This had been a crime scene. A man fell to his death due to an accident, but the investigation and scrutiny of that accident shouldn't have been compromised by the continuation of a fluffy entertainment show. Hart's good friend Jeff Jarrett worked a comedy match just seconds after his lifeless body was wheeled backstage on a Stretcher. There was always a right way and a wrong way to manage it. McMahon picked the latter.
2: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made ByHeart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at Byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,